0: Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. Now, Asian markets are building on their rally yesterday after the U.S. Federal Reserve that the cycle of interest rate hikes may be coming to an end.
1: That's right. This is on the back, of course, of the Fed's decision to keep interest rates unchanged at a 22-year high of between 525 to 5.5%. Fed Chair Jerome Powell also acknowledged that there has been significant tightening of financial conditions in recent months, leading traders to believe that the Fed is done with hikes. So what are the
0: implications for Asian central banks and what would the strength of the US dollar mean for Asian currencies and as well as markets let's check in now with christopher wong he is the southeast asia portfolio strategist at fidelity international good morning chris Hi, you, Ryan? hey great having you on so let's start with the background first and this of course coming off the back of the latest fomc meeting where no changes as expected but some signaling some saying a bit more dovish than expected what's your take and what's it going to mean for asian banks
2: Yeah, so uh, like you rightly mentioned, right, so the Fed paused interest rates for the second consecutive time on Wednesday. uh, And then reading through the message, right, so Chairman Powell hinted that the Fed might be finished with its aggressive tightening cycle, but he did leave some room for tightening going forward, right? They would still monitor progress on inflation, restrictiveness of financial conditions. But overall, we'd say the message was much more dovish than markets were initially expecting. So in Asia, Actually, the conditions here have been right for kind of easing or for them to cut rates generally, right? Growth has been slowing while inflation coming under control. However, given kind of the hawkish Fed and the strength of the US dollar, it's prompted actually central banks in Indonesia, the BI and the BSP in Philippines to make surprise interest rate hikes in October. So going forward, as long as we do not get overly hawkish surprises from the Fed and the dollar as a result does not appreciate significantly. It's very likely that Asian central banks will be on hold through the earlier part of 2024, except the PBOC in China, which is uh, likely to continue easing to support their economic recovery there.
1: All right, Christopher, you mentioned the US dollar there briefly. Now, it seems as though the divergence between US and Asian interest rates has blown extra wind into the sales of the US dollar and its strength really has also been driven a lot by movements in US treasury bond yields which have risen quite sharply this year it seems as though the Fed could be finished with its hiking cycle and that means treasury yields are also likely to stay around roughly where they currently are which means the US dollar may not strengthen materially from here on what is your outlook then for Asian currencies on the back of this
2: yeah that's a a good observation, right? So the dollar this year has risen about 2.6% against its major currency uh, partners and about 5% versus a broad basket of Asian currencies. So the movement this year, like you pointed out, has been driven a lot by hawkishness of the Fed and uh, as a result, rising U.S. Treasury bond yields. So going forward, as long as the Fed is largely finished or very close to finished with its rate hike, U.S. Treasury yields are less likely to rise significantly higher from here on. And as a result as well, the dollar is not expected to strengthen materially if that happens. So Asian currencies this year depreciated a lot because of the strength of the U.S. dollar. So, if the dollar appreciation tapers from here on, Asian currencies as a group are likely to be uh, more more range-bound.
0: Yeah, if you look at the implications as well, the strength of the dollar has also put some pressure on Asian markets, partly because you know it will cost more to import these things from overseas, which are sometimes in U.S. dollars. So, what's going to be the outlook for Asian markets in that sense?
2: So with regards to Asian markets, uh, historically, you notice they are quite negatively correlated with the U.S. dollar, right? So when the U.S. dollar appreciates, they tend to do less well, right? So with the potential end of this uh, U.S. dollar strength, it could mean one less hit win for Asian markets as a group. Well, that's good. The other factor, so the dollar isn't the only factor at play, right? So the other factor that's really driving Asian markets is China. So a more sustained recovery from there can improve sentiment as a whole. Uh, Corporate earnings of Asian companies, right? Because ultimately China is a very big kind of uh, trading partner and kind of source of revenue for companies. And of course, not bearing the fact that China is actually a third of broad Asian equity markets. So what happens in Asia on top of what happens in the US dollar could really determine the fate of Asian equity markets over the next couple of
1: all right, Christopher, investment grade bonds seem to be a rather attractive proposition right now, especially in developed markets. Where else do you see investors finding value in this space as well as in equities and where should they be reducing their exposure?
2: Yeah, so kind of with the, the change in the landscape as you would, right, going forward, like you pointed out, so investment grade bonds, especially in developed markets, look quite Attractive. So the average yield on a portfolio, let's say U.S. Treasuries and high-quality, large investment-grade bonds, is about 5 to 6%. So yields are attractive, and we find it's a good entry point to lock-in yields. And when the Fed eventually had to cut rates as the economy slows down in the U.S., these bonds can also potentially see some price appreciation when yields trend down. So that's in the area of fixed income. In equities, uh, the same value in Asian equities, certain areas like Indonesia benefiting from high commodity prices. Uh, Taiwan, Korea, from the improvement of the semiconductor cycle and the AI-driven capex. India is a nice structural growth market and seeing good foreign inflows. Japan also, attractive, so it's has a couple of cyclical and structural changes, tailwinds behind them, and we are also seeing rising foreign investor participation. Now, on the other end, where we are a bit more careful would be, for example, in developed market higher bonds, where there's a risk of higher defaults over the next two years or so. European equities margins look a little bit weak, economies likely to enter into recession. And of course, sector-wise, areas that have a bit more cyclical in nature have higher levels of debt for example in property in the commercial space where you know borrowing costs might start to eat into margins etc.
0: Yeah that's a great overview of how Asian markets and currencies are going to be affected by the latest FOMC policy decision. We've been chatting with Christopher Wong he's the Southeast Asia Portfolio Strategist at Fidelity International. Chris thank you so much for your time this morning.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, Have a great weekend and we'll catch up with you again soon. Stay money FM 89.3 Before acting